Second Chronicles chapter 34. We will begin reading at verse 1. It says that Josiah was eight years old when he became king. He reigned 31 years in Jerusalem, and he did what was right in Yahweh's sight, and walked in the ways of his ancestor David. He did not turn aside to the right or the left. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still a youth, Josiah began to seek the mighty one of his ancestor David. And in the twelfth year, he began to cleanse Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the Asherah poles, the carved images, and the cast images. Then in his presence, the altars of the Baals were torn down, and the incense altars that were above them he chopped down. The Asherah poles, the carved images, and the cast images he shattered, crushed to dust, and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the priests on their altars. So he cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. He did the same in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, and as far as Naphtali, and on their surrounding mountain shrines. He tore down the altars, and he smashed the Asherah poles, and the carved images to powder. He chopped down all the incense altars throughout the land of Israel, and returned to Jerusalem. In the eighteenth year of his reign, in order to cleanse the land and the temple, Josiah sent Shaphan, son of Azaliah, along with Messiah, the governor of the city, and the recorder, Joah, son of Joahaz, to repair the temple of Yahweh, his mighty one. So they went to Hilkiah the high priest and gave him the money brought into the mighty one's temple. The Levites and the doorkeepers had collected money from Manasseh, Ephraim, and from the entire remnant of Israel and from all Judah, Benjamin, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They put it into the hands of those doing the work, those who oversaw Yahweh's temple. They in turn gave it to the workmen who were working in Yahweh's temple to repair and restore the temple. They gave it to the carpenters and builders and also used it to buy quarried stone and timbers for joining and to make beams for the buildings that Judah's kings had destroyed. The men were doing the work with integrity. Their overseers were Jahath and Obadiah, the Levites from the Merarites and Zechariah and Mishulam from the Kohathites as supervisors. The Levites were all skilled on musical instruments. They were also over the porters and were supervising all those doing the work task by task. Some of the Levites were secretaries, officers, and gatekeepers. When they brought out the money that had been deposited in Yahweh's temple, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of Yahweh, written by the hand of Moses. Consequently, Hilkiah told Shaphan the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in Yahweh's temple. And he gave the book to Shaphan. And Shaphan took the book to the king and also reported, Your servants are doing all that was placed in their hands. They have emptied out the money that was found in Yahweh's temple and have put it into the hand of the overseers and the hand of those doing the work. Then Shaphan the court secretary told the king, Hilkiah the priest gave me a book. And Shaphan read it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes. Then he commanded Hilkiah, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Abdon, son of Micah, Shaphan, the court secretary, and the king's servant, Asiah, Go, inquire of Yahweh for me, and for those remaining in Israel and Judah, concerning the words of the book that was found. For great is Yahweh's wrath that is poured out on us, because our fathers have not kept the word of Yahweh in order to do everything written in this book. So Hilkiah... And those the king had designated went to the prophetess 
Huldah, the wife of Shalom, son of Tokath, son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the second district, and they spoke with her about this. She said to them, This is what Yahweh, the Mighty One of Israel, says. Say to the man who sent you to me. This is what Yahweh says. I am about to bring disaster on this place and on its inhabitants, fulfilling all the curses written in the book that they read in the presence of the king of Judah. Because they have abandoned me and burned incense to other mighty ones, in order to provoke me with all the works of their hands, my wrath will be poured out on this place and it will not be quenched. Say to this king of Judah who sent you to inquire of Yahweh, this is what Yahweh the mighty one of Israel says. As for the words that you heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the mighty one when you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants, and because you humbled yourself before me and you tore your clothes and wept before me, I myself have heard. This is Yahweh speaking. I will indeed gather you to your fathers and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster that I am bringing on this place and on its inhabitants. Then they reported to the king. So the king sent messengers and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. Then the king went up to Yahweh's temple with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, as well as the priests and the Levites, all the people from great to small. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in Yahweh's temple. Next, the king stood at his post and made a covenant in Yahweh's presence to follow Yahweh and to keep his commandments, his decrees, and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul in order to carry out the words of the covenant written in this book. Then he had all those present in Jerusalem and Benjamin enter that covenant. So all the inhabitants of Jerusalem carried out the covenant of the Mighty One the mighty one of their ancestors. So Josiah removed everything that was detestable from all the lands belonging to the Israelites. And he required all who were present in Israel to serve Yahweh, their mighty one. Throughout his reign, they did not turn aside from following Yahweh, the mighty one of their ancestors. In chapter 35, verse 1, Josiah observed Yahweh's Passover and slaughtered the Passover lambs on the 14th day of the first month. May Yahweh bless His Word to our hearts today. As we are approaching Passover this year, which is my favorite day of the year, by the way, I want to share with you the answer to a question that I've had asked to me over the last 20 years in various ways and at various times. And the question comes from people that find out I observe the Passover. I guess the question comes from people that find out I observe a lot of Yahweh's laws. But it really comes up when someone finds out that I keep the Passover, complete with my shoes and my staff, unleavened bread, and a lamb. Yes, I have Passover lamb. Lamb that I slaughter myself and clean and cook. Some people choose to eat Easter ham. I choose to eat Passover lamb. Here's the question that's given to me. It's very simple. People say, Matthew, why do you keep the Passover? Why did you do that? I guess it all began back in 1997. That was not the year of my first observance of Passover. 
But that was the year that I began to see things differently than I had ever before. I was a young man. I was 16 years old. But I had a passion for the Bible. I loved to study and to read the Bible. I had a preacher speak what he felt was a word of prophecy over me in my teenage years. And in that word, he said this. This young man is going to have a close relationship with the Lord like a husband has with his wife whom he loves. And when that word was spoken over me, I wasn't sure what to think because I had already begun to wonder if the men that I was listening to preach were in any sense of the word prophets of the Lord. So I took that word, that so-called prophetic word, I took it with a grain of salt. I would think about it, I would ponder on it, but I was not sure what to make of it. Well, the older that I've gotten, both natural and spiritual, and the more that I have read the Bible and studied the Bible for myself, I've learned that my aim is not to make much of me, as I think about that word of prophecy. My aim is not to make much of me, but to make much of Yeshua, my elder brother. He must increase. I must decrease. Well, not long after that word came to me, I met the woman that I've now been married to for going on 20 years. And I have to tell you that the moment that I saw her as a teenager, I knew that I was going to marry her. I don't know how I knew, but I knew. And I made it vocal to the other young men that knew her that I was going to marry her. And it just so happened that this lovely woman that I would end up marrying observed the Passover. Now, I didn't learn about the Passover immediately from her, but I did begin to study the Bible with her dad. And you all know him as Brother Arnold. I knew him then as the daddy of the girl that I was falling in love with. So I needed to be on my best behavior in front of that daddy. I love the Bible. Tisha's daddy liked to talk about the Bible. He had a neat beard. I was clean shaven. It was from Brother Arnold that I learned that my creator has a proper name. His name is not the generic Lord or God. His name is not the later adapted Jehovah. His name consisted of four Hebrew letters, which in English came out as Y-H-W-H. And I also learned about the Sabbath day and the dietary laws. Brother Arnold told me that the law of Yahweh had not been abolished, and if I loved Yahweh, that I would keep His commandments. So I was fresh, I was excited, and I was ready to keep the commandments. I did not ask a whole lot of whys. I did not wonder at the time. I never wondered if I was denying the Messiah. I loved the Messiah. I had believed in the Messiah my entire life. I've always known that He died for my sins. I learned that as a little child. I've grown to understand that more now than I ever have. But I've always known it because my parents taught me the Bible as a little child. But now, in my teenage years, I began to want to follow the Messiah's example in every way that I could. I wanted to be like Him. I wanted to be obedient. I knew that obedience was praised in the Bible. Noah obeyed by building an ark. The three Hebrews obeyed by not bowing down to a graven image. I wanted to obey in the areas that I knew. I wanted to follow Yeshua, my teacher, my Savior. 
Well, there were areas that I had never been obedient in before. I was taught the commandments as a child, many of them, but not all of them. And so I became, one, a Sabbath keeper, two, an eater of only clean animals, Yahweh's menu, and three, a man who called upon the name of Yahweh. I found where the Messiah kept these commandments. So I wanted to keep them too. After all, I claim to be a disciple of Christ. Disciple means a pupil, a student, one who learns from his teacher. And Yeshua said, every man, after he is grown, shall be like his teacher. If I claim Christ as my teacher, then I wanted to live like Christ lived. After all, we say in church, my whole childhood to be like Jesus, speaking of the Messiah. Come to find out when I began to try to be like him and to practice what he practiced, the song didn't really mean as much anymore to the people that sang it. But nevertheless, that's what I wanted to do. Well, I got married in January of 1998. And later that year was my first Passover. And it didn't take me long to receive the keeping of the Passover. I never questioned it. I read about it in the Bible. I read where Yahweh instituted it. I read where the Israelites kept it, beginning in Exodus chapter 12. I read where Yeshua kept the Passover. I read where the apostles of Yeshua kept the Passover. I read where Paul told a new covenant congregation, for the Messiah, our Passover has been sacrificed for us. Therefore, or for this reason, let us keep the feast. 1 Corinthians 5, 7-8. Now, I thought to myself when I first read that, that would be an odd thing to say to a congregation that didn't believe in keeping the Passover. Now, people would tell me that Christ, Matthew, Christ is our Passover now. And I had no problem with Christ being my Passover. I've never had a problem with that. Not then and not now. I believe that with my whole heart. But I would think in my mind, but that means that He is our spiritual Passover He's not a literal Passover lamb. Yeshua is not a literal sheep. He's like a lamb without blemish or without spot. Passover and other lambs, other sacrificial lambs. But he's not a literal sheep. So I could not see where the spiritual canceled out the literal. For instance, Yahweh is my heavenly father. But he's not my literal dad. My dad is Eric Jansen. I'm begotten by Eric Jansen. Now, I honor Yahweh as my spiritual father, my heavenly father, but that doesn't cancel out my literal dad. I still honor my literal father, the one that begot me here on earth. The spiritual didn't cancel out the literal. The spirit of the law doesn't cancel out the letter of the law. So I would read Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians 5 to a new covenant assembly, and I got the spiritual part. For Christ our Passover has been sacrificed for us. But I got the literal part too. Therefore, let us keep the feast. And there's a spiritual meaning in that too. I've taught on that recently. But Paul could have never made the spiritual point unless the literal physical point existed. The spiritual point can't be made unless there's a natural physical background underneath. So Yeshua kept the Passover. Paul, the apostle of Yeshua, kept the Passover. Why wouldn't Matthew? a disciple of Yeshua, talking about me. Why wouldn't I keep the Passover? Now, I would read of Passover celebrations in Scripture, 
And I would see that they differed somewhat from one to the next. But the basic observance of Passover was always there. So I would think, even if the Passover that I keep now isn't identical to the first one in Egypt, or the one kept by King Hezekiah in Jerusalem, or King Josiah that we just read in part there in chapter 35, I can still do what I can do now. I can still follow and obey the parts that apply to me, the parts that I'm able to do. I can keep those parts. Now, in the midst of all this, when I first began to keep the Passover in 1998, I could not find Easter anywhere in the Bible. That was the spring celebration in every church that I'd been a part of in my life up until 1998. That was the big spring feast of the church. But it wasn't in the Bible. I couldn't find it. Ash Wednesday, 40 days of Lent, leading up to Easter, I couldn't find any of them. Now, I did run across the word Easter in the King James Version one time in the book of Acts, chapter 12, verse 4, but I had been shown how to use a Strong's Concordance and a Greek lexicon, so I saw by doing my own study that the Greek word behind Easter in Acts 12.4 was the word Pascha. And it was translated Passover every other time in the King James Version. The Greek word Pascha is used 27 times in the Greek New Testament. And in the King James Version, 26 of those times is translated as Passover. And one time it's translated as Easter. But that's a mistranslation. So if you use the King James Version, I would encourage you to cross out the word Easter and write in Passover because that's what it should say. The New King James Version corrects this, as do many others. So why was I observing religious feasts or days that Yeshua and His apostles never observed? Why? Why was there so much emphasis for the church to keep a feast, a celebration, that can't be found in the Bible? It didn't make sense to me then, and it still doesn't make any sense to me. I wanted to observe what Yeshua observed. I wanted to observe what His apostles observed. I wanted to observe what Yahweh commanded. So that's what I began to do. I didn't have it all ironed out right at the beginning. But Yahweh saw that I desired to do it. And so I began to do it. The reality is I still don't have it all ironed out. I've progressed in my understanding of Passover since then. And I believe I know how to better observe it now than ever before. I feel like in my mind, not in a prideful way, but in a way that loves Yahweh. I feel like I get a little bit better every year progress a little bit more every year in my understanding and my practice and my observance of Passover. And I say in a way that loves Yahweh because the Bible says this is the love of Yahweh, that we keep His commandments. And so anytime that you study about keeping a commandment, you're studying about how to love Yahweh. Somebody says, what are you studying about? And you're reading the law. And you say, I'm studying about how to love Yahweh. And love isn't this esoteric emotional feeling. Love is keeping the commandments of Yahweh. The first four commandments are between us and Yahweh. The last six are between us and our fellow man. And I owe all that not to me, not to Matthew. Matthew should not get any credit. Let me tell you why. 
Because I owe that to the Holy Spirit of Yahweh that indwells my mind and my heart. He wrote His laws on my mind and my heart. That's why I want to obey them. It's no longer I that liveth, but the same Spirit that dwelt in the Messiah dwells in me to a measure, to a measure, but it dwells in me. And that Spirit sanctifies me little by little, bit by bit. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Amen. And I hope that 20 years from now, my sanctification has progressed even more. And that I love Yahweh even more. But there'll be one way that you all know. There'll be only one way that you all know. And it's by my works. It's by my works. That's how you'll know that my faith is genuine. You'll be able to see progression in my keeping and observance of Yahweh's law. So why do you keep Passover, Brother Matthew? Well, do you know why I keep the Passover? It's because I, kind of like King Josiah in Second Chronicles 34, in our opening text, I found the book of the law. I had carried it around for years. Just like in Josiah's day, it had been in the temple for years. But in his case, it had gone unnoticed and ignored. And in my case, it had gone unnoticed and ignored. The ways of sinful men had hidden it, so to speak. It was tucked away in the temple of Yahweh. In a place of obscurity, it was looked upon as just something common, something ordinary. When all the while it was the book that Yahweh told His servant Moses to write down and put it beside the Ark of the Covenant in Deuteronomy 31. And Moses wrote the words of Yahweh's law. It was Yahweh's instructions to His people. Instructions of love and care. Instructions to make life better instead of bitter. Instructions to live by and instructions to celebrate. As the great psalmist says, the law of Yahweh is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of Yahweh is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of Yahweh are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of Yahweh is pure, enlightening the eyes. And the fear of Yahweh is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of Yahweh are true and righteous altogether. They're more to be desired than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also are they than honey and the honeycomb. And moreover by them is thy servant warned. And in the keeping of them, there is great reward. Brothers and sisters, I'm talking about the book of the law that was looked on as precious and priceless by King Josiah when they found out it's been discovered in the temple. It was not looked upon the king as something ordinary, but as something that Prophet Moses had written down with his own hand. Imagine not having it and then discovering it. Imagine. The instructions that Josiah found, I found, they had been written in my Bible all along, but they were never preached. They were never talked about. They were never discussed in church. They were looked on as outdated, primitive, and archaic. But at the age of 16, I discovered this book. And I began to read this book. And I, like King Josiah, saw that I had not been practicing what this book says to practice. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. 
my fellow believers. It hit me like a ton of bricks. It hit me upside the head so hard that I'm still feeling the effects of it today. The letter killed me, but the Spirit gave me life. So I made a covenant with Yahweh like the king did. I made that covenant to follow Yahweh and to keep His commandments with all my heart and with all my soul. And as King Josiah did in chapter 35, he kept the Passover. I began to keep the Passover. Now, I've not always kept Yahweh's commandments, and I don't keep them perfectly. I've messed up over the years. But praise Yahweh, I read later in this same book that the righteous man falls seven times, but he rises up again. Proverbs 26, verse 14. I read where men like King David and the Apostle Peter messed up too, but they got back up again. And Yahweh had mercy on them. What did Yahweh tell the king, King Josiah, through the prophetess Huldah? He said, But you, O king, because your heart was tender, and because you were humble, and you wept, and you tore your clothes when you heard the words of this law, I will let you die before I bring my judgment on this city and this people. I'll let you go to your grave in peace. Brothers and sisters, never underestimate the power of a tender and humble heart. Yahweh is so forgiving. He's such a loving, mighty one. He's such a loving Abba. He loves His children. But we must be tender and humble to His ways. We must repent when we find out that we've been sinning. We must ask Him for forgiveness. And like Josiah, we must covenant with Him and say, I'm not going to continue doing what I've been doing. I'm not going to continue to neglect your laws and your commandments. We must repent in humility. Thanks be to Yahweh for His grace and mercy where I fall short. Amen? I'm thankful for Yeshua, my spiritual lamb, whose blood has been applied to the doorpost and lintel of my soul so that the destroyer passes over me and keeps me safe from harm. Why do I keep the Passover? Because I found the book of the law, like the king. That book is still in my Bible, but it's no longer lost to my eyes. As a matter of fact, now I see it as the psalmist David saw it. I see it as more costly than fine gold. And I see it as sweeter than honey. And I want you to know, I like gold. And I really love honey. But Yahweh's law is better than gold and sweeter than honey. I see this book of the law as Yahweh lovingly warning me as His servant. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. We'll talk more about the Passover next week. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I love You, I thank You, and I praise You. You are so wonderful. Yahweh, the Mighty One of Israel, You are so wonderful and so great. I'm thankful for Your love. Father, thank You for revealing the book of the law to me, to Your people here. Thank You for Your Son that kept it. Thank You for the apostles of Your Son that kept it as well. Good examples to us to learn from. Yahweh, Father, prepare my heart for Passover, the hearts of the people. We love you and we thank you. For it's through Yeshua I pray.